Welcome into the 270 Mile Bears podcast. Eli Grimes with you here in late June, otherwise known as NFL Purgatory. Before we get into our first episode, I'll give a brief overview of what to expect from this podcast and all other content avenues I've got going on, as well as what some of my buddies are up to. If you're a fan of sports articles and hearing different NFL opinions, go check out theschemefit.com, a website I created to write about the NFL and give my thoughts on different teams around the league. My close friends Drew Pounton, Kyler Gammon, Branton Beard, and Jonathan Cribbs are all contributors to the site, so check us out on The Scheme Fit and follow us on Twitter as well. Drew Pounton, host of the No Playbook podcast, available everywhere you listen to music or podcast, has been dropping new episodes lately, so be sure to go check his latest episode in which he talks D-hop destinations, Dalvin Cook landing spots, and NFC predictions. Kyler Gammon, host of the 700-level podcast, an Eagles-themed podcast, is in the process of producing episodes, so I'll be sure to keep you in the loop if you like to keep up with fellow NFC teams in the league. You can find both of those to watch or listen to on YouTube and Spotify that I will link in the description, and you can also find them at theschemefit.com under our podcasts page. Now, let's get into some Bears football. Deep ball for Mooney! Oh, what a shot! podcast. Hello to all Bears fans and NFL fans alike. In this episode, we're going to be talking the general overview of the Chicago Bears in 2023, whether that be the floor of the team, the ceiling improvements I want to see early on in the season, our strengths and weaknesses in 2023, and everything that follows depending on how 2023 goes into 2024. And there's several storylines, obviously, This is all pending Justin Fields and his progression throughout the year. If he takes that step early on, this Bears team, I think, has a a ceiling, in my opinion, of nine wins. But you never know. This offense could just take off and absolutely shock the league. But I, I think we should probably temper our expectations. But at the same time, there is reason to be excited. I think nine wins this year is the ceiling for this team just because of the the uncertainty in the defense, mainly the defensive line. I think the additions of Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards in the front seven will make this, will raise the floor, I believe, of this defensive line. Um, looking at edge rushers specifically, when we think who's going to rush the passer, we're looking mainly at the development of Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson on the edge. Aside from that, we really don't have any... We really don't have that wow factor when it comes to edge rushers. And we saw Travis Gibson in 2021. He had, I believe it was six or seven sacks, and we all thought he was going to have a tremendous 2022 year. But that did not happen, as we all saw, which was quite disappointing. But hopefully he can bounce back and be a key piece to unlocking this defensive front for the Chicago Bears this season. Going back to the linebacking core, I believe Tremaine Edmonds, as everybody knows, is going to be the leader of this defense this year, and he's going to have some big shoes to fill. You know, Chicago's got a history of strong linebackers. Brian Erlacher, Lance Briggs, Singletary, you go you go way back, and you can, you can name some pretty damn good linebackers. So he's going to have to step up this year, be the leader of this defense. TJ Edwards will 
do a tremendous job as the will linebacker. And then we got old Jack Sanborn at the Sam. I think he's going to do a great job there. As for the secondary, um, returning Jalen Johnson, I believe, if he gets signed before the season begins, I don't believe he will. He'll probably just play out this year and see what happens in 2024. But getting him back and healthy is going to be a major boost for this defense. Alongside him, rookie cornerback Tyreek Stevenson, I think, is going to have a great year. Uh, a lot of his tape looks pretty good, and he's impressed in OTAs and minicamp from what I've heard. So if he can slide into that spot and start in this league and make a difference on this defense, we're going to see a lot of a lot of picks, a lot of interceptions, a lot of turnovers in this defense, so that's going to help a lot. Jaquan Brisker at strong safety is going to be a lot of – well, a lot of people think – that Jaquan Brisker had a down the second half, a down stretch in the second half of the year last year, but I think his best football is yet to come. Um, There's just so much potential that we saw last year, uh, mainly in that Patriots game. That's when I really kind of thought this guy is a hard hitter, but he's also fast and he can get up and make some, make some noise. So uh, along with him, Eddie Jackson, once he gets healthy, this, this secondary can be, Easily top 10, in my opinion, and possibly top five. You never really know from year to year what, what units look like. But I, I think this defense, mainly the secondary, can be a lot better than a lot of people think. The uh, Once again, the only thing that's going to hold this defense back is that defensive line. Again, Travis Gibson, Dominique Robinson, and the interior defensive lineman is another big question mark. Um, Andrew Billings acquired in the offseason from the Raiders. Um a lot of hope for him, but at the same time, I don't see him making a huge, say, Akeem Hicks-level impact this season. I think he'll be a good, you know, plug-and-play guy for the next year or two, and then we'll address that in future drafts down the line. Demarcus Walker, I think, is another interesting uh, acquisition we made in free agency this year. I do believe he'll rack up some sacks this year, but I don't think he's going to you know, be a double-digit guy this season. I don't think anyone on this Bears team is probably going to reach double digits, and I hope they prove me wrong, but we've yet to see it. You can't really just base anything off of what you've seen in OTAs, but there there can be some guys that can make an impact this year, but I've, I've just, it's hard to see who's it, who is it going to be and who wants to step up, who's who has that motivation, and I, I just, I really can't say what the defense is going to look like on the the uh, front seven, at least. So we've talked um, a bit of the weakness on the defensive side, and we, we said nine wins, in my opinion at least, is the ceiling this year, barring everything just fires off on all cylinders on both sides of the ball. But the floor of this team is six wins, I think. I think we can double our, our win total here in 2023. And that's, it's just... You can say all you want about what the depth chart looks like, and everybody around the league thinks this team is going to be among one of the worst in the NFL again this year. But that's just all outside noise, and they really haven't looked at what the Bears have done to the depth chart this season. Almost virtually every position group was upgraded or at least replaced. You look at the running back group, we immediately replaced David Montgomery, with Dante Foreman from Carolina, we drafted Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert in his time last year and years prior has shown that he can be a guy if you give him the rock. So 
I'm not worried about the position group. And if anything, I think the floor has been raised because there's just such a unique skill set between every back and it's going to work wonders for this offense, whether that be in the passing game, the running game or the run blocking game for QB one back there. Another position group that was addressed in free agency in the draft was the offensive line acquiring Nate Davis from Tennessee. He's going to play right guard this season and solidifying that interior. We're moving Cody White here back to center. I think that is one of the more underrated moves that the coaching staff has made this year. Uh, Tev sliding back over to left guard. He had one of his best years with the Bears at guard last season. It was just those injuries that he had to deal with in his back that he's dealt with for most of his career. It sounds like he's been getting some help with that, um, exercising those back muscles and not rehabbing necessarily, but strengthening those muscles and trying to re trying to avoid re-injury. Braxton Jones, the development of our left tackle in last year, fifth round guy, um, really impressed at left tackle. It remains to be seen if he's going to be the franchise guy, but I think this coaching staff and Ryan Pohl specifically saw something in him last year and they're going to give him another shot at left tackle this year. It's not really a a prove-it year, I would say, but he's going to have to show something to avoid drafting in next year's, drafting a tackle, that is, in next year's draft. Because there is a lot of talent. You look at, you know, Notre Dame prospect Joe Alt. We're not going to jump too far ahead, but there are some prospects in this next year's draft that could easily slide in there and solidify this Bears offensive line. Right tackle, again, um, Darnell Wright, the first-round pick, uh, high hopes for this kid. He is a beast. If you look at him, he's he's a he's a big man, and I think his tape shows that he can really be a, a, a cornerstone right tackle for this Bears group. And I really hope he shows it this season. And you know, the Bears they haven't spent a first round pick on offensive linemen in, in a long time. And let's hope it pays off and we start this tradition of building up offensive lines for old Justin Fields. So looking to the wide receiver room, you know, everybody's excited. Uh, and for good reason, DJ Moore, the Carolina trade with the number one overall pick. That connection, if you haven't paid attention, OTAs, minicamp, what have you, it, it's, it has been on display. That connection is early and often, and that's really what you want to see. You want to see your quarterback and his new receiver ahead of schedule. And that's, that's going to be a sight to see come week one against Green Bay. I, I cannot wait, and I hope, you know, that's the first play of the game, uh, bombed to DJ Moore for the the touchdown to take the lead over old Green Bay and the the Jordan Love-led Packers. But, you know, there there are also some concerns with the wide receiver group as of late. Um, I've always been a defender of the Chase Claypool trade because I really don't think we've seen his best football, and it's just been a mixture of injuries and, and distractions here and there from the media. But I, I think it's all noise, and if he can stay healthy and be a part of this offense, we're going to see a pretty good Chase Claypool, and he's going to get some some balls thrown his way. Darnell Mooney, um, that is actually a pretty big concern because it's been reported by Eberflus that he's going to be ready to go come training camp, which is in about a month. But, you know, sometimes coaches just say that just to, you know, keep the positive vibes going. I, I really do hope he's going to be ready to go. Um, for that injury, I'm not going to pre- pretend to be an expert, but tightrope surgery like that, I believe that's what he had. Um, it can be a major concern and take away some agility and speed from these receivers, and that's that's a big part of Mooney's game. He's an excellent route runner, and he can create separation, and if he doesn't have that speed, it's going to be a problem. But, you know, the rookie Tyler Scott, he's he's probably going to see some time. He's He's got that similar skill set as Mooney, so 
if Moody can't go, we can see Tyler Scott probably pretty early. And I think, again, he's going to see time regardless, but it's, it's going to be interesting with the wide receiver group. So moving on from certain position groups, I'll just state some things here I want to see the Bears improve on early in the year. And uh, number one for me is probably, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say number one, but Luke Getze's play calling at times last year was very clever and it, it threw off opposing defenses, but it almost seemed like he would go away from it. They, I believe <laughs> it was crazy. The first drive of like every game, it seemed like we were just marching down the field. We, you know, we'd give the ball to Montgomery had set up a nice deep ball for Mooney or whoever, and we would just score or we'd be in the red zone on almost every first drive of every game. And it was like, this looks great. And then Luke Getzey would go away from it. And it was the most confusing thing in the world. And, you know, you can make the argument they were tanking, they were doing whatever. And, but regardless, I want to see some more consistency from Luke Getzey. And I think we will see it given that the upgrades have been made at nearly every offensive position group. And I think we're going to see a different Luke Getzey this year and an even better play call style. Obviously, another thing I want to see is that that connection between DJ Moore and Justin Fields. I know I've mentioned it earlier, but it's it's really, it's understated almost how big of an impact this is going to have on Justin Fields' development. And I cannot wait to see it in action. I, I think it's already a connection they've developed, but seeing it come week one and throughout an entire regular NFL, excuse me, an, an entire NFL regular season is it's going to work wonders. Another thing I want to see in 2023 is Justin Fields getting that ball out quicker and improving decision-making. You know, you can say what you want. I, I don't believe Justin Fields is bad at decision-making. I do think there were some times last year because of the core that he had that he would hold on to the ball a little too long and he, because he just didn't have that trust that he now has in his receivers. And I don't blame him, you know, throwing to... Equinamia St. Brown and Dante Pettis and Nasimba Webster, for Christ's sake. It's just, I, I don't blame the kid for wanting to hold on to the ball longer. And again, I think we'll see that improvement this year with an upgraded core. So when it comes to debating, you know, expectations versus reality for the Bears in 2023, I don't want to say I can easily see this Bears team as a, as a playoff team, but I do think getting down to playoff time, the Bears should and possibly could be in the the hunt for a playoff spot. And I don't think that's that's really irrational to say. In the NFC North, you really look at every team and it's it's Detroit. They have a great roster, but you know, and I hate to say this too, but Detroit has a history of falling apart when things are good. And I don't think they should necessarily be a lock for the division. I think the division is theirs to lose. I think they're the most talented team in that that division overall, at least. Um, you look at Minnesota, that offense it's, it's gonna it's gonna score points, but at the same time, the defense that's gonna hold them back. And I don't think they should necessarily be considered the the top favorite to repeat the division. And you look at Green Bay, and it's it's a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the ball because obviously Jordan Love, what's what's he gonna look like? I don't think he's going to be the worst quarterback in the league, but I also don't think Packers fans realize, I don't think they realize that he's unproven. He's only played, you know, 300 snaps. I, I really couldn't tell you how many, but they need to temper their expectations because they're they're a lot closer to going fourth in the, in the division than, than going first. The defense will hold up. 
But, you know, Joe Barry there in Green Bay, the defensive coordinator, he's he has disappointed a lot of Packers fans over the years, and he could do it again this season. And, you know, not being biased, but look at the Bears, it's the offense. It got a lot better. We're kind of in a similar situation to um, Minnesota in the fact that our offense is looking pretty good. I And I think that our secondary is better currently than Minnesota's, so... We've got that going for us, and our linebacking core is a lot better than Minnesota's. So it's not irrational to say that I think the Bears can finish second in this division. And if trouble in Detroit comes, this this Bears team could sneak in. This, te- this Bears team could sneak in as a wild card or possibly take the NFC North just because of how uncertain the future of every team is in this division. So that's going to round it out for today's episode. Thanks for listening. And be sure to stay tuned for future episodes and I'll let everybody know what to expect in the future. So thanks so much for listening to the 270 Mile Bears podcast and we'll catch you next time. 